So for the past few weeks, we've been doing some Q&A stuff. We're going to keep doing that um, as long as you guys have different questions to come up with on Sunday morning. And so this is the last one that we've yet to hit, and that is the exclusivity of Christianity along with what others believe uh, and other religions that are out there. Um, I know this one was Lydia's, so hopefully she'll listen to the recording. She's not here. She's enjoying the, the sunny Florida. Yeah. It is sunny now, and she could enjoy it here, but she decided to be selfish and go down to Florida and leave us behind. Lydia, if you're listening to this, I'm mad at you. I'm just kidding. Okay, so anywho, all right, so when it comes to this one, the exclusivity of Christianity along with others, others believe in religions. Now, how many of you have run into this before? Okay, tell me in what context have you run into this? Like, what do people say about this? Timmy. I was having an argument with <clears throat> Yeah. I don't believe that. It's not what I believe. She, she brought up the thing. She was like, well, you don't know that yours is right and all of other religions are wrong. So, and then my response to her was that I know mine's right because things that happen that are talked about in the Bible are happening now. Mm-hmm. So I took her to Revelation. I talked about some of the things because we were going over Revelation at the time. Okay. So you were talking about how things that were happening in Revelation, the message to Laodicea, yeah. which were things that were unfolding now. So I started telling her about that and how I know it's right. And then I told her about how Israel and uh, Israel and how Abraham had two sons and then mm-hmm. God said he's going to be basically be the enemy of your child forever and it still is. People still hate Israel because yeah. of what Abraham did yeah. years ago. Yeah. So good. So using prophecy. And, and that's really because a lot of people have issues with the Bible and they say, Oh, it's just a book that's written by men. Well you could use the same thing. Well, there's no other book that contains that many prophecies that have actually been fulfilled and yet to be fulfilled. So that's a good point. What else? Yeah. Let's there go down the line. A lot of people say that they can't believe the Bible because it was written such a long time ago. And they're like, well, I don't believe it because it's so old. They can't transcribe it right. Well, I've heard that so many times. And I really don't know how to combat it because I'm like, well, I believe the Bible because it's right. Yeah, right. No, that's good. And I think that's another one. I'll add that one to the list because I think that's another really good one and it it ties in with this one so I think that would be good so um, can't uh, believe the Bible because it was written by man a man Yeah, that whole topic. Okay. No, that's good. Because there's a lot of people that believe that. I mean, <laughs> let me give you a great example. One of the biggest ones within the last, at least because of her platform, has, has said this and it's, it's reverberated around has been Oprah Winfrey. So you got Oprah who commonly, openly has said all roads lead to God and that's kind of her religion and philosophy. But yet, Oprah is also a Baptist. I don't know if you guys knew that, but she is. Yeah. And so is Bill and Hillary Clinton and a few others. So that tells you how much that means. So the term doesn't mean anything, right? So you have people that call themselves Baptists, which mean Christians, and then also, I mean, that negatively affects their entire reputation and our reputation, frankly. And then they go ahead and say things like that that are completely against the Bible. So that's good. What other context have you heard the whole... You know, the same concept of 
Christianity being exclusive. We've like gotten in discussions about like why can how could I believe the Bible if all of you guys that believe it can't even agree on things? Yeah. Like if you guys are all arguing, then you know it's not even like there's like one concrete like this is what it is. Yeah. So the divisions within Christianity and people that say they believe the gospel. That's a good one too. Okay. So I think we've got several things. Yeah, Jamie, go ahead. Yeah. But they think, like, because, you know, especially when I'm talking to some people who believe in Islam, you know, they're like, well, he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Allah is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I'm like, yes, but, and they mm-hmm. have that conversation, but they don't, they don't see that it's not the same God. Right, right. Yep, good. Kent? It's just on a basic level. I don't think people say they're agnostic and how, if none of them can prove it, then there's no way to pick any other one. Okay. Okay, so they pretty much throw all religions in one basket and say they're basically the same. Yeah. And that goes back to the conversation I told you guys a few weeks ago that I had with that lady that was Hindu that I was on that flight with, where she said basically the same thing. Well, we kind of all believe the same stuff anyway, because if you just, you know, be the best person you can be, then whatever that is, and yada, 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 yada. For her, it was reincarnation as, I don't know, I guess with Hindus, it would be cows and mice. Um, but when it comes to those sorts of things, yes, they, they would generally just throw it under one giant category. Okay, so there's a couple things. And I think from, from this perspective, there's a couple things that in my mind when I'm approaching someone with this type of argument um, that, I, that I immediately go to in my mind. Um, and it's very, very simple, simple concepts because we say that we believe the Bible. Now, when it comes to that Bible argument, Leah, that you shared, we'll get to that in a second. Because our entire, like everything we believe stands or falls on the scriptures. Because we believe the Bible. So if someone can disprove the Bible, then they can disprove your beliefs. Which is why it's very important for you to, number one, know your Bible. Because you shouldn't just believe things just because that's your family tradition or heritage or someone told you to believe that. You should actually know what you believe because you have actually gone into the Bible yourself to prove it out. Don't trust me. Don't trust Pastor Tom. Don't trust this church. Trust the Bible because that's what I trust. I don't trust my dad. I don't trust Pastor Tom. I don't trust that cough in the hallway. I trust what the Bible says. But I've gone into the Bible myself, and that's my point. And and if I can get you guys to at least just get into that mentality of thinking, then it doesn't matter where you go in this world, and it doesn't matter what you do, you're going to be okay. Do you get it? Because you're not dependent upon a church or an institution or a family or anybody else. It's you and God, period. Because when you stand before God at the judgment seat, guess who's going to be there? It's just you and God. Like when it's your turn to stand before Jesus Christ at the judgment seat of Christ, it's you and him. No one else with you. And you can't go, well, they, well, they were. No, personal accountability. It's you. It's your responsibility to know what you believe and why you believe it. And if you don't know what you believe and why you believe it, then why do you believe it? I think that is very important to ask yourself. If you can't prove what you believe and why you believe it, then why do you believe it? And if you choose to say, well, I don't believe the Bible and you can't prove why, then why do you believe that? If you say, well, I don't agree with God or I don't agree with, you know, why do you believe that? We don't think anymore. 
I think there's so many people in this world within, I've seen it in my generation, I've seen it in your generation, I've seen it in your gener- generation even more so. Because so many people are wrapped up in pleasure and self-fulfillment that they've not been taught how to critically think about things. And so I want you to be able to leave this, this place and move on, especially you seniors. I mean, you guys are moving on here in just a few short weeks. I want you to be able to move on from here and understand what do I really believe? Because what you believe determines the decisions that you're making. And so maybe the reason why things are not going right in your life or that you keep pursuing this and it hits a dead end or you pursue this and it hits a dead end is because you've never actually asked, what do I believe? It's so important. It's so important. Okay, so go to John 14. John 14. Once we hit this verse, you're going to be like, oh yeah, I've read this one a thousand times. Totally get it. But I want to explain it to you from this context of the exclusivity of Christianity. John 14. John chapter 14. And somebody read verse 6. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Andy just woke up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right, reader. Haley, good. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Okay, so I want to break this down a little bit. All right, so somebody say it again. Go ahead, Haley, and give me the punctuation marks when you hit the commas. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way. I am the way, and then gamma. gamma. The truth, gamma. <coughs> that's actually lowercase. Comma. And the life, colon. Colon. No man cometh unto the Father, comma. Father. My ears. Messed up, comma. But by me, period. But by me. Okay. So I want you to see this for a second. Okay? This is what we call daily in the word. This is a great way to study the Bible. So as you write out scripture and you hit a certain punctuation mark, comma, comma, colon, comma, period. You start a new line, you move down. Okay? Now I want you to see how God has structured this verse in your Bible. Okay, Jesus said unto him, I am, and then what is that? What is that word there? The, the or pronounced the by some people. The way, the way, okay? I am the truth, the, the truth. <laughs> and I am the life. The, the life. The, the. All right, okay, now, so you got three things that are here. Is this the red marker that's trash? Yeah, it is. Okay, all right, the way, the truth, the life. Now, when you see that and you believe your Bible, what can you say about just this part of the verse? There's only one. God himself, has, he has made Christianity, according to the scriptures, exclusive. He did not say, I am a way, a truth, and a life. He did not say that. He said the or the, depending on how you say it. I'm sticking with the. 
I am the way, the truth, the life. So when you think about this, because we're learning how to think a little bit, what does the way mean? The only way. There is no other way. There can be no other way. And we're going to talk about why in a minute. But there can be no other way. Now, what about the truth? That's it. Like, he himself, he is truth. He is the embodiment of truth. So if there's anything that comes against what Christ has said, it is a lie. It is not the truth. Even if it calls itself the truth, Jesus says, I am the truth. And also, what is John 17, 17? You want to know that that verse? Somebody look it up. John 17, 17. Go ahead, Connor. Oh, you're not even there yet. <laughs> okay. You can read it once you're there, Connor. Okay. 17, 17. Yeah. Sanctify them through the, thy truth. Thy word is truth. Okay, Jesus speaking. He's praying to God the Father, and he says, Thy word, God's word, is truth. So that means that Jesus and God's word are one and the same, and that's why in John chapter 1, he's called the word of God. Okay? Now, how do we bridge that into the Bible? We can talk about that another time, but that is the truth, okay? And that is why the Bible is our only source of truth. So, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, which means the only, the only source of life. And that's why in John chapter 1, he says that he is that light that lights every man that comes into the world. Life comes from Christ. When you study it out, you find out in Genesis chapter 1, when it says... And God said, let there be light. Guess who was speaking? That was Jesus, according to John chapter 1 and Hebrews chapter 1. Those two chapters tell you that Jesus is the one who gave life its existence. So, Jesus himself has made Christianity exclusive. So when people come to you and me and they get ticked off, who are they actually mad at? At Jesus. They're mad at Jesus because he's the one that made it exclusive. So that's a very, very important to understand. God made it that way. Now, when this is structured this way, comma, comma, okay, all these are connected, colon. What does a colon mean when you see that in your Bible? Okay, this is what that means. It can be, or what I just said, I am now going to go deeper into this principle. So I am the way, the truth, the, the life. No man, very clear, like he didn't mince words on that one, no man, no one, no person, no human being cometh unto the Father, God the Father, who is the ultimate judge and authority, but by me. So no one can stand in the presence of God the Father unless Jesus Christ is their way, truth, and life. That he is their advocate, their savior. There's no other way. So this is huge. This is why John, John 14, 6 is huge. You should know this verse, you should know where it's found, and you should have it in your back pocket. This is a fantastic verse when you're witnessing to people. Because that then, when you share this with them, they're no longer arguing with you, or they're arguing with God. And when they begin arguing with God, guess what else is going to come into play? Their God-given conscience, and the God-given law that's written on their heart, according to Romans chapter 2. So now, it's completely not in your court to prove the existence of God or prove the exclusivity of God. 
You've now put them in God's court, and now they have to deal with God, even if they keep arguing with you. So this is very, very important. Now, let me ask you this question. Why did God make it this way? Why did Jesus, why did Jesus make Christianity exclusive? Why would he do that? This gets into the more of the philosophical side of Christianity. Let's get some students. I want you guys to answer this. I don't want any leaders to answer this. Jack, go ahead. I think he wants uh, to make it more of a choice for Christians to choose to walk with God. Okay, yep. Choice over control. Good. What else we got? Okay, he's a jealous God. Okay, he doesn't want us to leave. All right, Micah. Yeah, I mean that's a great way. How many of you have driven and you've hit one-way streets? Okay. <laughs> I know there's some people that go to, go wrong ways on one-way streets. We won't talk about that this morning. But one-way streets, one-way streets are actually very easy. But here's the problem. We grow up in an environment where there's not that many, right? Unless you live closer to the city. And so we are constantly used to two-way streets, constantly. But then you go into an area where there's one-way streets, and you're like, ah, this is so inconvenient. Because I want to go that way, but now since I can't go that way, I have to go this way, two more blocks, and turn around to then go this way down that. This is just so frustrating, right? Okay. But in reality, one-way streets are actually very simple. Very simple, very easy, very efficient. When you think about the principle of a one-way street, it's very easy. Because if you're crossing the road on a one-way street, how many ways do you need to look? Just one. Just one. That's it. You don't have to go. Okay. And then you don't have to do that. It's just a one-way street. And so it eliminates, it eliminates a lot of confusion. <coughs> For most people. And I think that's a great point because if God desires for all men to be saved, which he does, 2 Peter 3, 9, right? God is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him, and you guys can finish the verse. So when it comes to that concept of God, why would God make it multiple ways? Right? He wouldn't. So that's dead on, Micah. You got it. Why else would God make it one way? Make it easy for us to be redeemed? For sure. What else? There's a big, big reason. Yeah. So it's not confusing? Okay. That's kind of what you just said. Yeah. yeah. But exactly. I mean, that's the whole point. It was not confusing. Chris? Because we Okay, if you could work your way to heaven, then there would have to be multiple ways because not everyone is in the same type of place in their life, right? So that's good. And it kind of goes in line with the whole confusion thing, too. It eliminates confusion. Good. Yeah. It gives a purpose for the cross. Okay. Yep. Yep. Good. Good. That's good, too. There's one big one. There's one big, big reason.
Anybody? 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 Carson. If there were like a bunch of ways, then we wouldn't necessarily need them at all. Okay, that's kind of the same thing, but reworded. So you guys, you guys have the, you guys have the principle down. You have, you totally have the principle down. But there is a backdrop to this principle that makes everything all of you just said totally legit. It's not about us. It's about okay. Yep. Same thing. We're we're we're, we're kind of like circling the plane. Come on. Why would God do this? I want you to think about this. Why would God do this? So it would make it clear. So we have to come to him. Yep, right there. Yep, so we have to come. But why? Come on, come on, come on. All right. Yeah. So we can love him. Okay, same thing. We're, in, we're still in the same. We're still in the, we're in the infield. We got it. <laughs> yeah. I think we're on first, second, third base. We haven't scored yet. Come on, come on, we're almost there. All right, let me put it to you this way. All right, let's do the illustration. And it kind of just went off what Brittany was just talking about. Okay, so you have the cross, right? Okay, and it's green because it's light. <laughs> All right, so you have the cross. But then beyond the cross, then, you have God himself, okay? And you have eternity with God because it's not about heaven. It's about being with God for all eternity. That's really what it's about. Wherever God is, I want to be there. Because, by the way, in case you didn't know the end of the story, the heavens and earth get completely smashed. And so everything that we know of as heaven, like even if you were to die today and go to the third heaven, there's going to come a day where all that's going to be destroyed and God's going to remake everything. So it's not about going to that third heaven. It's about being with God and wherever he is. That's salvation. Okay? Okay. So beyond the cross is God. And then down here, you have us. Okay? And so you have one place to go. And he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And so that means that down here you have us all over, each dot representing different human beings throughout human history. And so now, and you could keep going with this, all right? So let's say, all right, let's pick one right here. This one, this is Petey. Petey Taylor. Petey Taylor accepted Christ when, Petey? Uh, what year was it? Seventh grade. Seventh grade. <laughs> so, four years ago. Okay. That's 2015. right. 2015. <laughs> Got it. It was June. June, at camp, right? Yeah. With Fraser Coaster, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, Peter gets saved in seventh grade. Okay? So, he was on his way, but he came to a point of decision where he's like, ah, you know what? I need Jesus Christ. I heard the gospel, and I need to be saved. And so, it changed the course of his life, and he came to this point when he was in seventh grade, and now through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, now Petey has direct access to God. Okay? Yeah, Megan? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Oh, you're fine. You had your... Okay, got it. Okay, and the same could be said for any number of us. You know, let's say this is me, okay? Same thing, boom. We'll say this is Bobby. Boom. We'll say this one over here is Andy, way off the board. February 30, 2001. There you go. And then you got Richard. All right, and we can do this with every single one of us, okay? So no matter where we're at... There is this exclusivity where you have to go through Jesus Christ. And so people that choose not to. And, I mean, we can pick anyone. I mean, name me a famous person that died recently. Stanley. 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 Stephen Hawking. Okay, Stephen Hawking. He'd be another one. Okay. Williams. 
Yeah, Robin Williams, Stephen Hawking. These guys did not trust Christ as their Savior that we know of. Now, we don't know what happened in their last moments, and I think God is gracious and he can work things out in such a way that they could receive Christ even moments before they die. But I believe those men probably had opportunities to receive Christ while they were alive. So you got a guy like Stephen Hawking, all right? So he does not believe in the exclusivity of Christianity. And so then what happens is he tries to go, but it doesn't work out. And so now he's off into eternity, you know, spending right now his time in hell. And then before the great white throne judgment, he's going to be called out of hell. Hell's going to give up the dead which were in them. They're going to stand before the great white throne judgment. And he's going to be judged according to what the Bible says. And then he's going to be thrown into the lake of fire. Terrible. But that's what he chose to believe. Why would God do this? And then this, why would he do that? Why would he do that? There's one really big answer why he would do that. Timmy. He gave us a choice to Okay. <laughs> There's a word. Jack's got a hand up. Hey, man. Never mind. Not love. Not love. Not hope. Playing, we're playing hangman this morning. Save us from holy. Yes, holy. Okay. This. Okay. Listen to this for a second. This. This is the answer to this whole thing. Why is Christianity exclusive? It is because of the holiness of God. What does holiness mean? Perfect. Pure. Uncorruptible. Holy means holy. <laughs> Running on all cylinders this morning, everybody. <laughs> Without fault. Right? Okay, let's think about this for a second. And let's just think logically, because God gave you a brain and he wants you to use it. I know there's a lot of people in theology that don't believe that. There's a lot of people that are theologians that don't believe that. Okay. The holiness of God demands there to be one way. It demands that there has to be only one way. Why? Because he can't be in the presence of sin. Okay. Okay. So if there's more than one way, the way is no longer perfect. It's no longer a one-way street, right? So you can't, in the economy of God, within, within the, the, the whole, if you want to call it the philosophical concept of theology when it comes to God and his character and who he is, God is holy, and because he is holy, there must only be one way. There must only be one way. If there's more than one way, then God is not holy. He can't be. He can't be holy. And so every person must bow their knee to Jesus Christ, and every tongue must confess that he is Lord. And that's the only way salvation can occur. That's it. There's only one way. So this is actually very, very simple. If God could have made it more than one way, don't you think he would have? I mean, his heart is for all people. So don't you think he would have done it that way? Absolutely, but he can't because he is restricted by his nature. And there's nothing wrong with that. God is limited by his nature, but this actually magnifies his nature because of his holiness. 
because he is holy. He is holy in everything that he does. That means that his love is holy. It means his judgment is holy. His justice is holy. Everything about him is holy. So when it comes to salvation, it is holy. And so there can only be one way. That's it. But here's the beauty of it. There can only be one way. And Jesus made that way so easy and so simple, back to Micah's point, that he eliminated all, all confusion and made it so simple and so easy that even a child could understand and receive it and be saved. That's what I love about God. See, when I meditate on stuff like this, like this is what gets me so excited about God and it makes me love God more and more and more because I see his heart. And, and for me, when I think about God and I study God and his attributes and who he is, God is so far beyond my comprehension and my understanding of who he is. I can understand bits and pieces of him, but I can't understand him as a whole. But what I do understand with stuff like this makes me adore him. I mean, it literally makes me adore him because he made it one way. People are like, oh, well, that, why would God do that? What a jerk. What a jerk. Okay, hold on a second. He made it one way, but he made that way so easy and so simple that you're now the jerk for, for rejecting it. Because if anyone could believe it and anyone could receive it, no matter how old or how young, that is the graciousness of God towards all people. So yes, he made it one way, but he made the way so simple that anyone could be saved. And that's why I love it. And that's why it all makes sense. Because if there's more than one way, then God could no longer be God because he's not holy. Because now there's more than one way. See, it's really simple. You just got to think through it a little bit. And so people throw all these arguments out there, but they don't understand God. And see, this is the hard part. When you are talking with people, they have a preconceived idea about who God is. And because they're thinking this way about God, it clouds their judgment towards the truth. And so if you have the ability to come in and meet them where they are and know where they're coming from and then say, yeah, but then, and then you interject truth. Truth has the ability. It's like a giant gust of wind that comes into their life and blows all of their excuses away so they can finally see clearly and then be saved. That's what it's like. And too many of us, I think we're too intimidated because we see the clouds in people's life and it might be strong, powerful storms and clouds that exist. And yet we don't think that we have the ability to step in and clear those clouds out when we do very easily. And you don't have to be intimidated by it because your God is the God that created them. Your God is the God that created what we know as the body of truth, Jesus Christ. And when you step in, it is like light in the darkness. I mean, I've, I've, I've gone through, you know, dark places and stuff. And I'm like, man, this is so hard. Turn on a light, idiot. <laughs> oh, hey. And that's exactly what it's like in people's lives. You have the ability to step in to the darkness of people's lives and click on that light and let them see the truth for what it actually is. Yeah, Jamie. Yeah. It's negative to exclude people from your group, to not 
accept people. Yeah. But really, God wants to accept them just through one way. So when you're talking to people about it, and oh, God's exclusive, God's like, you know, it's only one way, and He doesn't want everybody. He does want everybody. It's really an inclusive gospel mm-hmm. for everyone. But there's just like a narrow path to get to it. Yeah. Everybody can get there. So yeah. I think like that's what I experienced a lot, especially working in the healthcare field. There's a lot of talk about diversity and inclusion and yep. culturally competent care and accepting everybody and all this stuff. And so we really coined exclusivity as a negative term. Yeah, for sure. And when you think about it, this is why God has put different things in the Bible, like Noah's Ark, as a great example of salvation. Was salvation through the Ark exclusive? Pretty much. If you don't get in the ark, you're going to (laughs) die. Right? And so, yeah, I'm sure they died too. Okay. And so when it comes to that, is it exclusive? Yes. But was the invitation given? Yes. So the invitation was inclusive of all people. They chose, they chose to not go in. God made it available. They chose not to go in. And that is Christianity. It is available to all, but people refuse to go. They refuse the invitation. Let me give you another example. Speaking of the term of exclusivity. When it comes to, and this is why people hate the whole concept of marriage today. Because you are exclusive. You are exclusively bound to an individual. And they think that that is somehow demeaning and really robs people of their freedom. Am I right? I mean, when you guys have these conversations with people, I mean, that's what's out there today. And that's because their definition of marriage is completely opposite of what God has said. And wouldn't you know, if you were to sit sit down and just think about it and think through it a little bit, choosing to be exclusively bound to another individual actually gives you freedom. It gives you the ultimate freedom. It does. Like, I think about this between me and my wife. I am free and she is free to be who we are good and bad and we have promised to care for one another and accept one another as long as we both shall live and that promise was made before god and witnesses about our future relationship right so in that regard when i promised myself to megan and she promised herself to me and we were bound through the vows of marriage there is now great freedom because now we belong to one another for the good or for the bad it's the same thing with God. It's the same thing. That's how, that's how salvation works. People think that salvation somehow binds people up to this legalistic religion or whatever. Are you kidding me? It's the greatest freedom in the world. Choosing to be bound to God, I am now free to be who I'm always supposed to be and he will never reject me. Never, ever. I love that. And see, that's what people need. They think that not being exclusive with God or Christianity actually gives them more freedom when it doesn't. It actually binds them to their sin, to this world, to all these other things. And now they are slaves to all these other, these other things in their life. And it's, it's a complete mind shift. And there's no doubt in my mind that this is of the devil. There's no doubt. Because it's another tool that he uses to keep people lost, keep people bound in their sin, and send them straight to hell. All right, so is this helpful? Okay, I hope so. 
All right, so I like the whole concept that Leah brought up of you can't believe the Bible because it was written by men. Um, so we can talk about that next week as well. Um, and so if you have any other things like that, please let me know, and we can bring those up and talk about those in class on Sunday. All right? Okay, let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word. And I pray, God, we'd hold on to your word. And I pray, God, that we would truly think about what we believe and why we believe it. It's so important. So help us today to walk closely with you, uh, to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and accordingly choose to um, obey you, not because we have to, but because we want to. And I want to thank you for saving us. Thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you for dying for everyone's sin. And so, God, I pray that you'd wash our hearts and our minds according to your word, according to your spirit, and you'd help us to think rightly as we are in the midst of the people that we're around each day. I pray, God, that we'd be thinking about who's that one person that we could really reach out to, invite to camp, invite to church, invite to activities. Um, it's so important. It could really transform our lives and theirs for all eternity. So please help us with that, God. Help us to remember those things in these last couple of weeks before school's out. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.